Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memar Avram Goldai and today we're going to Rosh Hashanah Daf Dal, the first parak of Rosh Hashanim. This Masech has generously been sponsored as a schus for Chaya Bas Esther. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, Rav Kahana objected Rabbi Yitzchak's contention that Darivesh soured by the time of Ezra's journey, for it's written in a letter that he sent with Ezra to give to the governors of Yehuda that the Jews should be given whatever animals they require for offerings, as well as wheat salt, wine, and oil, according to the specifications of the Kahanim, and they should be supplied daily without fail. So we see from here that Daryavish was righteous at the time of Ezra's departure. Vyitzhak answered that from this very passage, we can see that he acted purely for selfish motives, rather than the sake of heaven. For Daryavish says, quote, so that they may offer pleasing offerings to God of heaven, and pray for the lives of the king and his children. Now, the Gemara questions if this is problematic, for it was taught in a bright concerning one who says, I donate the cell to Tzedakah so that my son shall live in the schutz of the mitzvah, or, so that I should have a share in Om Haba, this person is a complete Tzadik. So why should Daryavesh be considered self-serving? The Gemara answers that this is not a difficulty. Here, the Brisa deals with a Jew, while here, in the case of Daryavesh, we're dealing with idolaters. Rashi explains that a Jew's intent is mainly for the sake of heaven, and he'll not feel cheated if the mitzvah doesn't benefit him. A non-Jew's main intent is to benefit himself, and he will regret giving the tzedakah if it brings him no personal gain. Point number two, the Gemara brings another source for Yitzhak's contention, the Daryavesh Saud, for it's written Daryavesh's instructions, for the construction of the temple, three rows of marble and a row of new wood, with the expenses provided by the royal palace. Now, why did he do it this way, with rows of wood between the marble? Because he reasoned, if the Jews rebel against me, I'll burn the temple in fire. He therefore needed to assure that it would be flammable. We see then that he soured. When the Gemara asks if this is problematic, since Shlomo Melch seemed to do the same thing, it gives three answers. Shlomo made the wooden part on top, while Daryavesh made it on the bottom, so that burning the wood would topple the whole structure. Furthermore, Shlomo recessed the wooden part in the building, whereas Daryavesh did not. And thirdly, Shlomo plastered it with lime, whereas Daryavesh did not. And point number three, the Mishnah stated that Nisan is also the Rosh Hashanah of the Ragalim, the festivals, and the Gemara explains the legal significance. Nafkamino and Nodur lamekem alei b'baltacher. The Nafkamino relates to one who made a vow with respect to subjecting him to the losase of do not delay. One who voluntarily vowed to bring an offering is prohibited to delay fulfillment of his vow beyond a certain period. The ton of our mission is Rabbi Shimon, for Rosadon and Brisa, regarding when one has transgressed Baltacher, the Tanakama holds that he's transgressed as soon as he lets three Chagim pass without paying his pledge. Rabbi Shimon says, The three Chagim must pass in sequence with Pesach first. The Gemara brings three more opinions. Rabbi Mera holds, As soon as one Chag passes, he has transgressed Baltacher. Rebbe ben Yaakov says, As soon as two of the Regalim pass. And Rebbe ben Rabbi Shimon says, As soon as the festival of Sukkot passes. The Gemara will identify the source for each position. So once again, the three points are number one, Rav Kahana objected to Rabbi Yitzhak's contention that Daryavesh soured by the time of Ezra's journey, for it's written in a letter that was sent with Ezra to give to the governors of Yehuda that the Jews should be given whatever animals they require for offerings, as well as wheat, salt, wine, and oil, according to the specifications of the Kahanim, and they should be supplied daily without fail. We see from here that Daryavesh was righteous at the time of Ezra's departure. Rabbi Yitzhak answered that from this very passage, we can see that he acted purely for selfish motives, rather than the sake of heavens. For Daryavesh says, quote, so that they may offer pleasing offerings to God of heaven, and pray for the lives of the king and his children. Now, the more questions if this is problematic, but it was taught in a brisa, concerning one who says, I donate the cell to tzedakah, so that my son shall live in the schus of the mitzvah, or, so that I should have a share in Om Haba, 
I said, Sadiq Gamur, this person is a complete Sadiq. So why should Dayavesh be considered self-serving? The Gemara answers that this is not a difficulty. Come be Israel, come of the Kolchavim. Here the Brisa deals with a Jew, while here in the case of Dayavesh, we're dealing with idolaters. Rashi explains that a Jew's intent is mainly for the sake of heaven, and he won't feel cheated if the mitzvah doesn't benefit him. A non-Jew's main intent is to benefit himself, and he will regret giving the staka if it brings him no personal gain. Point number two, the Gemara brings in another source for Yitzhak's contention, the Dariyavesh soured. For it's written in Dariyavesh's instructions of the construction of the temple, three rows of marble and a row of new wood with the expenses provided by the royal palace. Now why did he do it this way, with rows of wood between the marble? Because he reasoned, if the Jews rebel against me, I'll burn the temple in fire. He therefore needed to assure that it would be flammable. We see then that he soured. When the Quran asks if this is problematic, since Shlomo Melk seemed to do the same thing, it gives three answers. Shlomo made the wooden part on top, while Dariyavesh made it on the bottom, so that burning the wood would topple the whole structure. Furthermore, Shlomo recessed the wooden part in the building, whereas Dariyavesh did not. And thirdly, Shlomo plastered it with lime, whereas Dariyavesh did not. And point number three, the Mishnah say that Nisan is also the Rosh Hashanah, for the Ragaim, the festivals. And the Gemara explains the legal significance. The Nafkamina relates to one who made a vow with respect to subjecting him to the losase of do not delay. One who voluntarily vowed to bring an offering is prohibited to delay fulfillment of his vow beyond a certain period. The town of our mission is Rabbi Shimon, for it was taught in a brisa regarding when one has transgressed Baltaakhir. The Tanakama holds that he's transgressed as soon as he lets three Chagim pass without paying his pledge. Rabbi Shimon says, The three Chagim must pass in sequence with Pesach first. The Gemara brings three more opinions. Rabbi Meir holds, As soon as one Chag passes, he has transgressed Balta Acher. Rabbi Yezir ben Yaakov says, As soon as two of the Regalim pass. And Rabbi ben Rabbi Shimon says, As soon as the festival of Sukkot passes. The Gemara will identify the source, for each position. All right, so now we go to our simmer of Dalit, and our standard simon is a door, a delet, a door. So here goes. The door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba, and was made of alternating rows of wood and marble, whereas the exit door next to it had a yomtov calendar posted on it, reminding members not to transgress the losase, a balta acher. Once again, it's a motion. Once again, it's a motion. The door, door, that must be worn daf, dalit, delet, door. The door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba, which reminds us Rav Kahana objected to Rabbi Yitzhak's contention that Daryavish soured by the time of Ezra's journey, for it's written in a letter that he sent with Ezra to give the governors of Yehuda that the Jews should be given whatever animals as offerings and supplies they needed daily without fail. Rabbi Yitzhak answered that from this very passage, we can see that he acted purely for selfish motives rather than the sake of heaven. For Daryavish says, so they may offer pleasing offerings to God of heaven and pray for the lives of the king and his children. The more questions if this is problematic, for it's taught in Abraisa, concerning one who says, I donate this out to Tzedakah, so that my son shall live in this chus of the mitzvah, or that I should have a share in Olam Haba, or is that Tzadik Gamur? This person is a complete Tzadik. So why should Dayavesh be considered self-serving? The Gemara answers that this is not a difficulty. Kan Yisrael, kan be'ovdei here. The Abraisa deals with the Jew, while here, in the case of Dayavesh, we're dealing with idolater. So the door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving Tzedakah to get into Olam Haba. 
and was made of alternating rows of wood and marble. Which reminds the more brings three differences between how Shlomo Melch and Daryavesh built the temple with rows of wood between rows of marble, which demonstrate how Daryavesh had soured. So the door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba, and was made of alternating rows of wood and marble whereas the exit door next to it had a Yom Tov calendar posted on it, reminding members not to transgress the Losase of Balta Acher. Which reminds the Mishnah that Nisan is also the Rosh Hashanah for the Ragoim. And the Gemara explains the legal significance, Nafkaminah nodil and Mekam Alei Balta Acher. The Nafkaminah relates to one who made a vow with respect to subjugating him to the Losase of Do Not Delay. One who voluntarily vowed to bring an offering is prohibited to delay fulfillment of his vow beyond a certain period. The Gemara brings a five-way Malchokas regarding when one transgresses our mission is like Rabbi Shimon who holds The three Chagim must pass in sequence with Pesach first. So once again, the door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Om Haba and was made of alternating rows of wood and marble. Whereas the exit door next to it had a Yom Tov calendar posted on it reminding members not to transgress the Losase of Balta Acher. Alright, now it's time for a four-ball back Chazara. Daf Lamates. The similar Daf Lamates is a letter and we use a mailman. So here goes. The mailman, mailman, that must be learned off on the test, letter. The mailman carrying a special delivery of flames beyond the tchum, which reminds us the next Mishnah draws halachic distinction between a gachelis and a shalhevis, a burning coal and a flame, given that a shalhevis is not a tangible object. The nachkaminas are regarding a tchum, me'iwa, hutza, and that which belongs to a vodazara. So the mailman carrying a special delivery of flames beyond the tchum almost fell into an oily bubble, a watering hole where someone was drawing water on behalf of his friend, which reminds us, we have a Malkhoz, Rav and Shmuel, regarding someone who draws water from one of the water holes of the Oli Bavo on behalf of his friend. Rav says it follows the tomb of the one who was drawn for, and Shmuel says it belongs to the one who drew it. The more concludes that the Malkhoz is based on another Malkhoz regarding finding a Metziah, a lost object with intent, that another should acquire ownership of it. So the mailman carrying a special delivery of flames beyond the tomb almost fell into an Oli Bavo watering hole where someone was drawing water on behalf of his friend, who was upset because he was told that his tchum didn't reach his produce back in his hometown. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, If one's produce was in another town, And the people of that town place an Arab tchum in order to bring some of the produce to him, they may not bring the produce. Daf Mem, so the Simr Daf Mem is a pool, so here goes. After depositing his fruit in a designated corner by the guardian's pool, pool, that must be more of mem, mayim. After depositing his fruit in a designated corner by the guardian's pool, which reminds us we have a Malchus Rabbishmu regarding one who deposits produce with a friend for safekeeping. Rav holds the produce is karagli mishayifkidolo. The tchum of the deposit is like that of the feet of the one to whom it was entrusted versus Shmu holds karagli amafki. The tchum is according to the feet of the depositor. In a case in which the guardian assigned the depositor a specific corner in the guardian's house for storing the deposited produce, he is not the legal guardian of the produce, but the owner is. So after depositing his fruit in a designated corner by the guardian's pool, he wisely had his domesticated cow take a drink of water before the shechita. Which reminds them, the reason the Mishnah says that one may water domesticated animals and shech them, when it's obvious that one may give water to his animal on Yantiv, is to inform us in passing of another matter, that one should first water his animal and then shech it, because of the adhesion of the hide to the animal. If one waters his animal before the shechita, it then becomes easier to skin later. So after depositing his fruit in a designated corner by the guardian's pool, he wisely had his domesticated cow take a drink of water before the shechita. 
while his range animals grazed happily in the pasture since they were considered muksa when it came to shechita. Which reminds us of the Gemara's final discussion regarding what Rebbe holds regarding the muksa status of range animals when it seems that he subscribes to Rebbe Shimon's narrow view of muksa law. Three answers are given. Daf base, so the simmer daf base is a bias, is a house. So here goes. The royal house, royal house, that must move on daf base. The royal house where a king sat on his throne as a star was being signed, according to the year of his reign in the month of Nisan, which reminds us the opening Mishnah teaches that the first of Nisan is Rosh Hashanah from Malachim, which Rav Chisla said is needed with respect to Shtaros for documents. It was taught in the Mishnah, Shtar Echovam Gdamim Pusulim, Mukharim Bukshirim, predated dead documents or puzzle, or post-dated ones are kosher. If the loan document is predated, the lender could use it to unlawfully collect properties that the borrower sold before the actual day of the loan, but after the date recorded in the document. Since stars are commonly dated using the year of the king's reign, it's necessary to have a standardized method of reckoning that year to determine whether a particular document is predated or post-dated. So the royal house where a king sat on his throne as a star was being signed, according to the year of his reign in the month of Nisan, featured a massive mural depicting the history of Kaisrael from Yitzhak Yitzrayim, which reminds Rabbi Yochanan said, from where do we know that we count the years of kings only from Nisan? Makish Shlomo The Pasuk compares the reign of Shlomo to Yitzhak Yitzrayim with respect to counting the years. Therefore, just as the years from Yitzhak Yitzrayim are counted from Nisan, so to the years of the reign of Shlomo are counted from Nisan. So, the royal house where a king sat on his throne as a star was being signed, according to the year of his reign in the month of Nisan, featured a massive mural depicting the history of Kaisrael, from Yitzhak all the way to the death of Aaron. Which reminds the Gemara how we know we count the years from Yitzhak from Nisan, perhaps we count them from Tishrei. And answers that one should not consider that possibility, since, when referring to Aaron's death that took place in Av, the Torah describes it as occurring in the 40th year from the Exodus. And referring to the beginning of Moshe's speech in the beginning of Chumash Dvarim, which was said five months later, with Tishrei in between, the Torah also describes it as occurring in the 40th year. Makal the Rosh Hashanah loved Tishrei It is evident that the Rosh Hashanah, with respect to Yitzhak Yitzrayim, is not Tishrei. Dav Gimel, so the Simmer Dav Gimel is a gamal, a camel. So here goes. The camels, camels, that must be more Dav Gimel, gamal. The camels competing in the great annual camel race, taking place in the second month, in the second, which reminds the Gemara brings a different source to show that the years of the king's reign are counted from Nisan. Mohazer said it's derived from So he, referring to Shlomel, began to build the base of Mikdash in the second month, which is E.R., in the second, in the fourth year of his reign. What does the Pasuk mean by repeating in the second? Does it not mean the second month after the month from which the king's reign is counted? That is, E.R. is the second month of the king's reign, which begins in Nisan. We see from here that Nisan is Rosh Hashanah for kings. So the camels competing in the great annual camel race taking place in the second month in the second race past the non-Jewish king whose reign was counted in Tishrei which reminds us with regard to the Mishnah's ruling that Nisan is a Rosh Hashanah for kings what Chista said they taught this ruling only with respect to kings of Israel but with respect to the kings of the other nations of the world we count their reigns from Tishrei since in referring to an incident with Nehemiah that took place in Kislev the Pasuk describes it as occurring in the 20th year and referring to an incident that took place later in Nisan. The Pasuk also describes it as occurring in the 20th year, but called the Rosh Hashanah of Nisan, who evidently the Rosh Hashanah with respect to the king's reign is not Nisan. And once we know it's not Nisan, it stands to reason that it begins in Tishrei, which marks the new year in many other contexts. So the camels competing in the great annual camel race, taking place in the second month, in the second, race past the non-Jewish king, 
whose reign was counted in Tishrei, and who was beginning to look sour as he realized he was about to lose his massive bet. Which reminds when Rav Yosef challenged Rav Kisa's ruling that the reign of non-Jewish kings is reckoned from Tishrei, based on Pesukim referring to Daryavesh's reign, where Tishrei did not trigger the next year count of his reign, Rabbi Yitzhak answered, Korish Mel Kamach Yisrael. Korish, referring to Daryavesh, was a virtuous king, therefore they reckoned his reign as they would for kings of Israel from Nisan. When later Pesukim were brought, they demonstrated that Nisan did not trigger the next year of his reign, Rabbi Yitzhak answered that it was not a kasha, Kadim Kodim Shehich meets here in the parsha about the resumption of the temple's construction, which reckons Daryavesh's second year as beginning in Nisan, the references of the period before he soured. Whereas here, in the Parsha, which does not reckon his seventh year as beginning in Nisan, the reference is to the period after he soured. And then on the next stop, we'll discuss how Daryavesh soured. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden. Wishing you a great day and great learning.